This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another Silver Dollar episode of Stay Paid, the best sales and marketing tips of your week in 15 minutes or less. My name is Joshua Stike. And I am Luke Akeley. And Luke, the holidays are here. And for a lot of business owners, that means showing appreciation for your clients. One of the best ways and something we've been consistently hearing our top producers that come here on the show um, doing is to host a client appreciation event. It's amazing. I think we've heard it more this year than any year previous. That's crazy. I don't know if it's because people are coming back in person and like people are able to get together again, but it's been a really, really eye-opening um, hearing how many top producers are actually doing this in their business. So in this episode, we're going to break down the best practices for client events, some examples that you can choose from, and ultimately how to follow up after the event. But I kind of wanted to start with some of the benefits yes. of what having a client appreciation event actually does for your for your business yep. and for, you know, sort of your lead generation as well. Yeah, the currency of business is relationships. You're going to hear us say that over and over and over again. There's nothing that replaces face-to-face, Yep. right? And so the problem that you have with your database is that you're communicating with them through email, through text, through mailers, right? But you rarely get to see them face-to-face. You really rarely get that interaction. Yeah. Client events are such an incredible way to build that relationship, which that will turn into top-of-mind awareness. That will turn into more trust. That will turn into more a steady stream of referrals or people actually coming back and using you again. Yeah, the top-of-mind awareness is so key from the standpoint of if you see a picture of someone, you see an email from somebody, you see their photo printed, that's one way to gain top of mind awareness. But to really have a mind share in those clients' minds, meeting them face-to-face in person is huge. So you've got that steady stream of referrals available to you if you're scheduling out those client appreciating events over the year, boost your credibility. Like you mentioned, you connect with clients in more of a relatable way. Yeah. So, you know, think about financial services. If you're always talking about finances with your client, you know, that's such a technical high level sort of conversation versus meeting them on an even playing ground, just talking about life. And then ultimately clients that feel appreciated by you will stay with you. It will trigger reciprocity on an even bigger level than gifts that you send, because when they see you face to face and you're throwing an event for them, um, or doing something for them and the ideas that we're going to talk about, they want to give back to you. They yeah, want to. You you are investing more than just your dollars. You're investing your time. Also, that will become apparent. Great way to get reviews. Great oh. way to get video testimonials. That's perfect. Great way um, to really collect information on the clients that yep. you don't have information on. So addresses, email addresses, uh, social media stuff. You use your client event and let we can transition into really best practices, yep. but get prepared. You have an opportunity face-to-face with Josh, your client, to get the address maybe you don't have for him, yep. literally to be able to get to know him better. Love that. So here's some best practices. I actually pulled these from the advisorcoach.com. So these aren't just specifically related to financial services. I saw some in the real estate that had similar ideas um, as well. But one of the things that we're not an expert in is throwing events. So this was mm-hmm. an opportunity to kind of pull in some of the other experts that we've heard from on the podcast, as well as what you can find out there uh, on the web. But one of the things I thought was really important was getting the timing right. So this is a huge one from the standpoint of December might be a slow month for your business, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a slow month for your clients. That's something to consider when putting together your client events, knowing your clients' demographics and their interests interests is huge from the standpoint of actually choosing what type of client event. So I know you coach people on the Ford method. That's one way that you can get 
the interests from your clients so that you can go through your database and start figuring out, okay, what are some common interests that my clients have? It doesn't have to be one client event to serve them all. Correct. You can map out your client events to hit different types of demographics yep. throughout the year. Um, yeah, the Ford Method is family, occupation, recreation, dreams. So that recreation is the hobbies. What are they into? The dreams or what do they enjoy, right? And that's going to be able to play into your event, Yeah. right? Uh, one of the events ideas we're going to give you is a wine night, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I think Mark Miner talked about that too, yeah. um, as well as some other stuff. But um, all your clients that are into wine, they will really enjoy that. <laughs> there was a great event idea. I know I'm sk- skipping ahead a little bit, but a great event I, he- I heard on the Tom Ferry podcast where this real estate team literally did tacos and tequila oh, yeah. at their open yeah. house. What a great event. Yep. Tacos and tequila. Anybody who's into tacos, which I am, and tequila, which I am, well, the family, I would show up to that. You mentioned, you know, you kind of hit on occupation and dream. Family is so important too, because yep. if you have a lot of families, and I think I have this tip written down here, but it's really making sure that you are um, sort of, yeah, it goes along to this demographics and interest. Like a happy hour isn't necessarily the best event for families. Correct. Because they've got to find a babysitter. They've got to make a ton of plans. They got to figure out how to get out without the kids versus maybe like an ice cream social, which is a lot more family friendly and something that you could do uh, that hits that demographic as well. So learning about their family uh, and those other pieces is huge during that Ford method. So don't try and pitch or sell. This one we cannot say enough. Don't bring up your business or services unless you're asked. And even then move towards a follow-up meeting to discuss business versus trying to pitch right there at the event. Always allow friends and family, not only is this a no-brainer from the standpoint of your whole, one of your biggest goals here is to get referrals. Yep. So having them invite their friends, having them invite their family members, uh, not only would that make them feel more comfortable because they might be going somewhere that they're not, you know, they don't know anybody. So having, being able to bring their family will help kind of ease that, that stress potentially, but then also having those friends come along is a great source. Yeah. I want to make sure people know, like when we say don't pitch or sell, what we mean by that is don't give a pitch of why people should use you but you still need to say what you do. And that's a very Mm. easy thing to do when you are welcoming people to the event or you're getting started and um, you're just like, maybe everybody's there at this time or something like that. You can still easily stand up and just say, just want to thank all of you for allowing me the opportunity to be part of your life and serving you within real estate. You know, I'm so passionate about it and I love it. And that's why I'm doing this client event. I really, really appreciate all of you and thank you. And I'm looking forward to working with you for years to come. Because what that does is for all the friends and family, they're like, wow, this person really knows what they're doing. This is what they do. All that stuff. But it's a subtle pitch, but it's not pitching like, if you're interested in the rates, if you're interested. Yeah, correct. Love it. Uh, Another couple ideas. Make sure you have tons of business cards available. So I was actually reading some horror stories online about people who would throw client events and then not bring any of their (laughs) business cards with them. You could also do something if you're a client of Reminder Media. This is a great opportunity to take your branded magazines or a stack of your promotional copies because that's something that people can have as a giveaway. It also comes across as a nice gift. So it doesn't look like a solicitation. And then probably one of the most important ones is make sure you're planning ahead, creating a calendar so that you can send out plenty of reminders to your clients over the course of the year, both from the perspective of maybe you've got an events page on your website that has a list of your events, but then also it lets you kind of remember to send out if you're meeting with a client, hey, don't forget about my event that's coming up on this date. Wasn't sure if you'd be interested in that. You kind of give, you'll also learn what piques their interest. So if you're doing a wine tasting or if you're doing a golf event and they kind of lean more towards one than the other, that information is so valuable to have on the interests of your clients. Yep, love it. Uh, so we tease a couple of event ideas. We've talked about them already. I would say probably the strongest interview that we've had and the one that made us go, wow, was Mark Miner. He was episode 275. 
he does a golf event. Does he do it multiple times a year? Yeah, he does it multiple times a year. Multiple yep. times a year, but he will actually, uh, genius, he'll partner up with businesses and vendors to basically pay for his client event because he'll get a golf course. Each each um, each company has like a hole that they can yep. sponsor or something like that, or they can uh, have their wares there at the event as well. Uh, he does the opening comments, like you said. He kind of does like a big thing. He creates this by invitation only, yeah, like this very exclusive event feel for his golf event. And then instead of walking around and trying to pitch, like we talked about, he says he's the cart girl <laughs> at the golf event, so he doesn't golf. With the players, yep. he will actually bring them soda or bring them beer or something it's like brilliant. that. Walk around and just talk and introduce yeah. himself. Yeah, he people. gets so he's a financial advisor. He gets this wholesaler, right? And the company that he obviously does product through to pay. If you're in real estate, you could probably get your lender title company to chip in. Like yeah. it's so easy to get this event paid for. And I absolutely love what he does is basically it's a foursome, right? And you have to invite some friends to make up your foursome. Yeah. It's a free round of golf. People want to do it. But the, the truth is birds of a feather flock together. So if he has a client that he's helping them with their portfolio, chances are the people that they're inviting are probably at similar status levels to them. Yeah. And then the opportunity for a referral is so ripe. And so if you're thinking, oh, wow, how am I going to organize something as big as a golf event? You don't have to do a golf event. Your brother, Stephen, just did a real simple one recently where what? He gave out pumpkin pies? Yeah, he gave out pies. He partnered with a local bakery. This was where he took advantage of using this time to really collect information. He got 79 Google reviews um, literally from this event because he was giving out pies and then asked people to review them if they would be so kind as past clients. He also got video testimonials. He did a giveaway. How many pies did he give out? Oh, you know? hundreds. I think yeah. he had 200, 200 pies or whatever. Wow. But he also um, did a giveaway, a raffle where he gave away either a PlayStation or an Xbox. I oh, can't remember. Cool. And yeah. then a, a gift basket from a local business as well. So he made it fun. Another great one that I just saw, Shannon Gillette. She does like 60 million a year um, in volume. She's an incredible agent that we interviewed. I can't remember her uh, episode number, but it's awesome. She just did an event where she had a photographer come and she took family photos That's for, right? Idea. It's perfect timing, yep. Thanksgiving, holidays. People want their Christmas cards going out, all that good stuff. She took family photos. I was following her on Instagram. She had 200 families plus come to get their family photos wow. taken. Now think about that from a budget standpoint. Like we just had a podcast last week where we talked about your marketing budget and the potential that you could spend on a referral lead. I think the way that we did the math, if you can close a referral at 50%, $9,000 commission, you should be spending 10% on your marketing. That's 900 bucks. You can spend $450 for that uh, lead, essentially. Crazy. Do that math in your head from the standpoint of what would it cost to hire a photographer? What for? Just a for day? a day. A day. And you could probably, no offense to like, I'm not undermining college students. I'm just saying there's a lot of talented, talented college students, yeah. photographers that would want to want, want the, the experience. They want 100%. the experience. And can, yeah, Ariel knows they want the experience and they'll be happy with pay them a thousand bucks for the day. Yeah. They'd be, they'd be happy for that. Problem. And if you're going to get 200 families, you're going to need more than one photographer. Yeah, There's correct. no way that you're going to be able to have one photographer. I want to meet that photographer that's shooting at 200 yeah, crazy. in one day. They did this whole setup, right? Um, I think it was like this balloon setup and everything like that. It was a pretty cool well, that's idea. That's a brilliant you know? idea. I love that. So a, a couple other ideas. You could do tastings. This would be wine, beer, champagne tastings. You could do ice cream social. We mentioned earlier cooking classes might be great for young couples or yep. if you're in real estate, first home, uh, first time home buyers. So kind of the, they'd be learning something. A document sh uh, shredding event would be a perfect thing after the holidays for financial services. Some general themes to think about when choosing your events. Uh, you can help your clients learn something new. 
right? So that's one type of theme that you can go with, uh, like a cooking class. You can share local goods, support local businesses, just like your brother did with the bakery. You could uh, support maybe a pottery class, maybe it's a charity, 5K, supporting a local charity. Creating an atmosphere of quality time and opportunity for feedback. I really love this one because this is where you can maybe do a little bit more intimate Yes. So maybe it's a small dinner party at your house. Maybe it's a smaller group of clients for coffee. This is really a great opportunity, not only to give back to your clients and bring them together, but then to get that feedback yes. from your clients so that you can learn a little bit more. And then, of course, this idea of creating this VIP environment is really yep. cool. And then the key here is that after you do the event, you have a prime opportunity to follow up with yeah. them. At the very least, text everybody. And you could shoot them a personal video message if you have time or just literally text them and say, hey, just want to say, I really appreciate you coming out to the event. Um, had a blast. Hope you had a great time and yeah. just really appreciate you as a client. Probably the thing that people miss the most. And yet that's where the majority of the value is in. Yeah, is that's in where the referrals will come from. Yeah. And that's where you'll find out from your clients what the level of the relationship is. Yeah. Make sure you're including photos from the events when you're reaching back out and doing that follow-up and then posting on social media. So make sure if you're not, you might want to find someone that can be the one to take the photos and stuff so that you can focus on meeting with your clients, but have someone come in and take photos so that you can post those on social media, tag the people that they're in. People love, they will uh, naturally reshare that with the people that they follow and ultimately see, oh, this is really cool. Your your realtor, your financial advisor, whoever, your insurance agent throws some really- You should do two events a year, right? You should have a more holiday year event and then one maybe summer barbecue or spring barbecue or something like that type of event. Two events a year, you're getting in front of these people. They're inviting friends. Another great idea that we heard from Tony Ray Baker was, you know, get, if you don't want to do any of the details- literally go to a hotel and rent <laughs> so out the simple. bar, rent out the hotel yeah. bar. He would rent it out for literally like 500 bucks, open food bar for and a drink. Couple, a couple hours for happy Yeah, hour. he didn't have to clean up. He didn't have to do anything. He literally just shows up. He would invite his 50 top people. My brother, Steven, has done this at the local bars in Lynchburg, Virginia, where he rents it out and does a little happy hour thing. He has a Christmas event coming up, so we'll see how that goes. It's the kind of event that I like. Yeah, and go to clean up. <laughs> you don't have to do any of the work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening on our tips for how to throw a client appreciation event. You can head on over to statepaidpodcast.com to get the full show notes as well as the video of this episode. If you like this episode and look for ways to support the show, we'd love it if you subscribe on Apple Podcast, drop us a review so we can read it here on the show. And the best way to help out the show is to share with a friend and share this episode on your social media. So we were talking a little bit about events, you know, talking about the bar, you know, sometimes you go to a bar, you know, for events. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, I'm not saying your client events will go this way, but people might get a little rowdy in the bar. Yeah. There was actually I have a story about these two drunk guys in a bar. They were about to get into a brawl. One guy grabs a stick and draws a line in the dirt. And he says, if you cross this line, I'll hit you in the face. That was the punchline. Um. Yeah. Do you have sound for that one, Ariel? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty much. That's the sound. That's the sound we need right there. If you want to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us directly at podcast.remindermedia.com. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at Stay Paid Podcast, where this dad joke will not be featured. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. <laughs> and I'm Luke Acree. Here's the action item. 
do a client event. Start small. You don't have to invite all your clients. Who are your top 20 advocates? Who are the top 20 people that you wouldn't even mind having a drink with, right? Do it simple. Maybe rent out a a bar for a happy hour for an hour and invite them, a hotel for a happy hour and invite them. And you can mingle with them and see the power of the event. Put in some of these best practices. Remember the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer. Top producers take action. Take action on that today. 